Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> I mean, I know what the topic is this time, but take take it away, Chris. This is kind of a joint weekly hook this time. It's really, really funny. Mm, we've made this whole deal about me not really watching shows and me not really being into comedy. And now we've talked about three out of the four things that I really like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, which I guess the fun is going to be over soon. Um, sorry about that, everyone. It's just more fun to talk about comedies than <laughs> serious movies. Is it? I don't think. I, d- I disagree. Well, especially because I talk about blind spotting and train spotting and, oh my God, that rhymes. I just noticed that. Did you not notice that? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Yeah, there are hidden messages in all of the, um, in all of the topics we pick. If you, if you take the nth letter of each word, it's just there, there will be, eventually there will be a secret message. What? <laughs> Where were you going with that? Uh, just like some conspiracy bullshit. Um, anyway, so today we're going to talk about Ted Lasso, specifically the first season of that show. Fuck yeah. It's really funny how we we go back and forth about things we have recommended to each other, and this time we're talking about something that I actually recommended to you, and I was I was really happy when you got back to me and said that you really liked it. Oh, it's phenomenal! I yeah. mean, there's no, no other word to describe it, honestly. Well, okay, okay. I would say it is phenomenal in the true sense of the word that it is a phenomenon. But I wouldn't say that it is a groundbreaking. It is a very, very enjoyable show, but it's not groundbreaking. And so, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about this show today, like the both of us. I'm not just going to do like a monologue for half an hour. Um, I'm just going to go like cover the baseline and then we're probably, it's probably going to go into kind, kind of akin to the uh, DBZ abridged episode that we're just going to end up talking about the things we loved about it. Um, so Ted Lasso is based on promotional material of, well, is based on promotional material for NBC's coverage of the Premier League that was developed by uh, Jason Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt and they eventually you know Bill Lawrence the creative scrubs got on board as well and they developed it into a show that is now available on apple tv plus and the premise basically is that an american football coach is hired as a manager of the football club afc richmond in the english premier league and really the odds couldn't be stacked up higher against him the press is making fun of him the team doesn't respect him the fans hate him and the new owner of the club only hired him because she wants to ruin the club which used to belong to her former husband um, but that doesn't uh, stop Ted Lasso from, you know, doing his thing. And over time, he wins over basically everyone with his relentless, upbeat, positive outlook. And, you know, this show isn't really about football at all. For me personally, I mean, it's about a lot of things. There is 
a lot of interesting gender stuff in there, for example. Um, but it's, you know, just basically for me, it's about human connection and relationships. And we see, you know, a lot of those throughout the season. And I don't know, like this, this is like, this, what, this show has been kind of a phenomenon. And I think the reason why this, why it resonated with so many people is that, you know, it's, it has to do with the circumstances. Like a lot of people have started to perceive politics in the last few years and all the attention of like socioeconomic struggle Uh, hatred and violence and like last but not least also covid and the positive message of this show is just really wholesome and sometimes people just need that and i think that's what is part of the success story of this show and i guess i'm going just to pass you the ball and ask you what you liked about it i mean it's just a fun show it's just so easy to watch it's great the laugh out loud moments littered throughout there is no show that i watch that i laugh more in than ted lasso yeah. it is just and it's just like you know it's the classic dad joke after dad joke after dad joke after constant optimism and just unfailing relentlessness but it is heartfelt and it is sad in moments and it is hilarious in others and just has everything you wanted a tv show uh it is really meant for the streaming age where because because it's the easiest show to binge honestly um it is creatively written the performances are great uh, there is no particular fault with this television show so it, it's just fun phenomenal i love it so that's all i can say about it really uh, yeah and it is testament to how easy this show is to binge that i literally four days ago sat down and watched the entire first season in one go well especially for you we have to that's a yeah. normal thing for a lot of people but not for you no <laughs> and uh i mean but at the end it was just like after a uh like the, the first season has 10 episodes and like i wasn't going to stop at eight you know of course and since it was just like another hour it was like that's fine i can just do that and it's just so enjoyable and yeah i, I agree it's just like easy to watch um, and I think the kind of metaphor I came up with while we were talking about, you know, the like positive moments and then like negative moments is like when you have something sweet, like let's say chocolate, um, which doesn't have to be sweet, but anyway, uh, and you just like sprinkle some salt on it, it just like enriches the flavor. And I think that's kind of what this show also is kind of like, as they say in the, I forget which sweet sweets analogy Ted Lasso has, but it is like two tastes that go great together because I think it is, you know, about this positive, all of this positivity, but it is also about, you know, human struggle and problems. And honestly, it's about a lot about for me, like, like empathy, honesty, and vulnerability. And I think that's just like I don't know. I feel, I feel like in a in a day and age in which like everything is curated and like you have all these like influences and shit like that. It's just like vulnerability is so like underrated. And also, I should say, I just I just also binge listened uh, to the um, to the uh, dissect season on Childish Gambino's. <laughs> 
because the internet and that's also kind of the main message there so i think that's kind of where that thought just came from but uh yeah and it just i don't know i think there are so many things so many topics in this season uh or in this show rather and i think it's kind of just a perfect storm of many things yeah it's just a good show <laughs> like honestly <laughs> what else can you say yeah yeah i don't have anything else to say okay then uh let me ask you this please um what are things if you have any that you didn't like about the show nothing wow there's nothing i don't like about the show nothing that comes to mind i haven't thought about it honestly much but yeah um it's i can't think of a single thing or a single beat that i don't i dislike mm-hmm Okay. I'm sure you have things because you are you and I'm me. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, part of the humor of this show is, um, you know, they have, they point out all the differences between like the US and the UK. And it's really funny most of the time, but I think they're just overdoing it a little bit. Uh, same with like Ted's. Let's call let's call them uh, linguistic quirks, like the weird things he says sometimes. It's just like, I don't know, it's like dialed down by like 20% and I'm I'm cool with it. It's not nothing huge, obviously, but um, yeah. And some of the, uh, I, I guess like some of the characters are kind of one note, but that like one note characters, but it's also because they're not the main characters. So what, like it's can be kind of difficult. Um, so let me, let me ask you this because you just mentioned it and i i agree wholeheartedly this is a show where you know i just it was so funny when i first watched this because uh like i had just talked to to my flatmates about me not really being into comedy like i don't really like comedy shows because i mean they were talking about stuff like how i met your mother or big bang theory and it's just like you can like chase me with this shit And so I was like, nah, it's not really my thing. And then like two days later, I was like, yeah, maybe because like I had been listening to a lot of podcasts that uh, had been talking about the show. And I always had to skip like a good chunk of that show because I didn't want to like, I didn't care at the time. And then like in hindsight, it's just good because like I didn't get spoiled. And uh, yeah, so I just watched it and I just watched it w within two days, like all of it. And I was just laughing out loud all the time. And so my question to you is after this like monologue just now is like, what was the first laugh out loud moment for you? The first of the show? Yeah. Honestly, I can't remember. Okay. Um, it might be something on the plane. <laughs> wow that early huh i can't i can't think about it i haven't seen the show in a while okay honestly um i have watched it four times through i think mm -hmm. but it's been a few months since i've watched it last okay so i can't remember the first joke yeah, okay. that i laughed out loud for hmm. yeah for me it was like <laughs> so i had a, a like a few scenes in the first episode that i like I don't know. I was laughing, but I wasn't like belly laughing, you know? And I think the first time that uh, was for me, it was, um, let's say, a, uh, a person's uh, birthday and uh, the imperialism. Ah, yeah, thing. that's a funny joke. 
Yeah, and I was just like, wow, they went there. I don't know what episode it is in, but when he walks out of the of Rebecca's office and high fives at the tree, I, <laughs> I laughed so hard the first time I watched that. It's like every time he he is in like he leaves the office or he enters it, it's like there's something funny happens. Whether yeah. he is just like falling on his face or he is like st- like he he leaves and then it takes him like three seconds to process something that Higgins says and then he runs back into it because he's just like so excited yeah. about it. It's like this was an amazing joke. Yeah. It, it for me it just starts out from the very beginning, honestly. That it's yeah. just like it's creative, it's fun. Like it's funny and you're chuckling throughout the entire first episode at the very least and there's a couple laugh out loud moments for sure but then on rewatch all those chuckles for me just become stronger and yeah just become laugh out loud stuff because of yeah. the connection that you develop with it through the first watch through and the the first episode is so full of things it's crazy yeah it's like a great you know that that's why i also like in the very brief like plot overview basically or the premise i i mentioned it too like that rebecca has had him just because she wants to sabotage the club because she wants to hurt rupert yeah um, and that also happens in the first episode and i think that's a great reveal it's kind of like the thing it reminded me of actually was um hamilton that like in the sense that aaron burr tells the audience in the very first song that he is shooting hamilton i mean i guess for many people who maybe were uh, who grew up in the US, maybe they are more aware of it. But I guess from as someone who didn't necessarily like wasn't really aware of that all of that, like that's a very interesting narrative move. Yeah, I think it's easier done with a historical context, but it is very clever. I mean, the premise of the show. That's not really a twist in my mind. I think that's part of setting up the general premise in and of itself. But it is still a nice note to include. And it is an interesting premise, for sure. Not only does he have to learn the show sport, he has to navigate the politics of working within an environment that is set up for him to fail. Yeah. And it is like so much drama and comedy comes from that. Or like tragedy and co- comedy, like or not, not, yeah. not maybe tragedy, but tension. Like so much tension and so much comedy derives from the audience knowing what's going on. It's so well done, and the first three episodes are just hilarious and set up everything. And then, like the middle arc of the season is just like heartfelt, and you start to hear get some of the depth of the characters. And the last three arc, the last three episodes, pays off so much of that tension that you mentioned, and. As you, see, you see so much growth in characters and development through just such a short run of a television show. It's phenomenal. Yeah. it. Uh, I guess you, you like people can see a pattern here. I really like it, like short and sweet. And it's just like, like so full with things where it's like incredible how the, the creators were able to like put so much into so little. Yeah. And it's yeah. just amazing. Well, it's a different market. So something like Ted Lasso is not written for the same audience. That's something like How I Met Your Mother is. Yeah. That is meant for, you know, just a familiar cast of characters to which you can return to regularly. As opposed to this condensed story arc with actual narrative um, structure. 
Mm. So it, it's a very different thing. It's very similar to the difference between something like Breaking Bad and uh, CSI, or even a better, a better choice is like the first season of True Detective and CSI, both of which are detective shows, or mm. there is a crime committed, but they are entirely different in the way that they are structured and the way that they're written to create certain they touch different beats right so they're completely mm. different mediums just because one's a comedy or one's a, they're, they're both comedies doesn't mean that they're the same so i i do wholeheartedly think that it is not a not our conception of genre is too limited in so many ways in the sense that it doesn't account necessarily for the medium or the intended audience for whom the show is made. Yeah, it's also interesting to me that uh, Bill Lawrence has said that this show is just going to be three seasons. You know, I like uh, again that's something that I like. You know, keep it to like to uh, like limit limit yourself and just say, okay, we have like three seasons, and uh, like you can kind of guess what it's going to be about. Like, would be really interesting. I mean, we can talk about that later, maybe. But like in the um, like the very final like in the last few minutes of the last episode, there is something that people could perceive as being the arc. And I'm just interested whether they will actually, like, they will just use this to play with audience expectations. I think so. Right? It's not going to be that arc. That would be pretty. Or it could. Either way, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because it's about the ride. Yeah, um, and it, it, as long as the quality of the the jokes and the character depth stays the same or increases, even I'm happy, honestly. Yeah, for sure. So should we maybe um, go into the spoiler section? Ooh, spoiler section. Um, spoiler section. It sounds good. If you haven't watched it, don't listen to this. But. <clears throat> Get yourself Apple TV Plus and watch this show. It's worth it. Ding dong. Spoiler territory. I don't know why I did, why I did that. Please, I'm going to keep it in. That was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> As I was saying it, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, Rashad's going to keep this in, isn't he? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I don't know where we where you want to start off. Like so many, so many good like topics to discuss. So many interesting rankings to make. Uh, yeah, it's just whew, such a good show. Um, I love biscuits with the boss. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things and favorite yeah. recurring things that go through. Um, mm. I remember the moment that. I was watching it with uh, Jana at the time and the reveal. And I think episode three, it is that he is the one or episode two. He is the one making the biscuits at the very end of the episode. And Jana is like hitting me basically and be like, this is you (laughs) or this person. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. And you did, did you catch, like, did you see that I sent you the, what's like apparently the original recipe? Oh no. No, I'll send it to you again. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, so it's just like it's really funny. I associate yeah. myself with Ted Lasso wholly. 
I yeah. find myself I am dead last, so but not a not a good coach. Yeah, not not least of all because I really associate shortbread with you too. Yeah. <laughs> like you're you're the like the only time I have eaten shortbread is when you made it. That's so funny. I haven't made shortbread since Germany. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I haven't had any since then. Oh man. Oh, <laughs> good times. It's hilarious, honestly. Yeah, um, it is. That show and like just the constant optimism is something that I actively strive for in my life and try to be yeah. like and it's so funny trying to uh just seeing that on the screen is uh, it's so phenomenal i love it yeah it's funny because i feel like ted is kind of the antithesis to me <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> there's that i guess yeah that's uh, really funny honestly uh, yeah. <laughs> what what character would you say in the show that you're most similar to because for me oh, the nate. answer is ted nate. you're nate ah oh, yes sure Oh, yes, you are, Nate. Oh, my God, <laughs> Nate is so good. I yeah. love Nate. Nate the Great is the best. Yeah. The Diamond Dogs. Oh, so funny. My favorite thing is when he sips the martini and then spits it back out. Yeah. Oh, oh so good. And then it's just like whenever in the first episode, Ted talks to him, he's like, Nate. And he's like, he turns around and he's like, yeah. me? <laughs> As <laughs> as long as i as there as long as there is no other nate please yeah assume that if i'm talking about nate i mean you and i think oh. the climax of his character my favorite scene of it him is obviously when he's in the locker room giving the speech about like yeah all the before the everton game yeah, yeah so good <laughs> oh my god yeah i love it oh he's like burning everyone so hard i don't know who's like there are three reactions that like stand out to me like first of all obviously it's isaac who is like really encouraging like like in a joking way like yeah like like kind of in the spirit of like yeah come on little man little man lay it on me and then when nate actually does he's like what the fuck and then like danny danny is like roast me amigo <laughs> and like also like he's the only one who afterwards is like yeah it's fair yeah I love, I love it so much. And then, of course, at the end, Roy. Yeah. Oh, like, so funny. So good. Such a great scene. And the episode before is just heartbreaking. The, like, two episodes before when the, the they agree to get divorced, when Ted and Eli yeah. get divorced. And oh. then just the way that's done at the end. Yeah. Uh, standing in the rain, obviously. That's a little bit whatever. Mm. But I'm just like, oh, such a... So good. So, 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 so good. And... Just him coming to realization with it in the next episode and obviously culminating with the panic attack and then yeah. how that so beautifully like intertwines with Rebecca's arc in that mm -hmm. episode as well, like with her coming out and singing in that song and just like, oh my God, so good. Especially because it's like mirrored, right? With uh, Rebecca's breakdown too. Like I think those two scenes are just so strong. Oh. What a what a what a few ep what a run of episodes and yeah. it's like yes the second half of the episode second half of the season is maybe not as funny per se because there's less jokes per second but it just is so good and it stays so good and actually I think gets better as the season goes along honestly yeah I I actually I think I would I wouldn't like the show as much if it was just funny yeah of course because that's what gives it depth and gives it exactly something some yeah. quality to it it is. It is such a, such a great show. Yeah. <sighs>
even from like the little side characters like the guy on the plane who gives him the ussy and i'm just like even the side characters like that are funny and just hilarious as they come in and out man or like the uh like the pop trio and may yeah yeah and they like kind of nail like british pop culture yeah it's so funny or trent crim too Oh, Trent Grimm is great. Trent Grimm, The Independent. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's such a good episode. Like, ah. Oh. The one where they go to the Indian food, that's also me to a T. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh, or like, like I don't know. I I think even before when they're uh, with Roy and is like, they're yeah. talking about Wrinkle in Time, it's like, am I the fucking little girl? I was like, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'd like you to be. And then, yeah, right. And <laughs> I like at the end when he's reading not the end I think it's the end of that episode when he's yeah. reading it with his niece in bed and then he just screams fuck, fuck. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean she, like the niece is also such a great like so good like oh, she's amazing honestly yeah. man when she is like when Kaylee is there and like she's like so what do you think about when you think about your uncle Roy and it's just such yeah. a beautiful heartbreaking scene it's so well done everything about this every character is so good and it's just like the the second that jamie tart is transferred or not transferred but sent back to man city yeah you're just like the way that that whole episode that i love that episode in particular um, yeah when they're coming together when they're singing and then immediately it's just like the worst thing and the way that he kind of loses his cool for a second ted does in a way that you don't see him ever doing that and then the only other time is kind of when he snaps at nate after his divorce yeah 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 well as the divorce is literally happening yeah (laughs) bad timing Uh nate honestly but that's also kind of what i liked about like the post-divorce thing when he like he comes to the uh to the club and he's like unkempt a little bit and you've never seen it before yeah it's great or like when, uh, when uh, you know, the discussion about benching Roy and like Coach Beard <laughs> and uh, Nate just avoid him and he's like, oh, that's, I see, that's what you're doing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they, did, they just run to opposite sides of the pitch. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. I love, the, I love Danny. I love Danny Rojas, I have to say. Like, he's, <sighs> Football he's like... is life. <laughs> so good. And then when, like, Jamie goes to kick up, like a goal or whatever he hits the bar by accident crossbar yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like, yeah that's up. great and danny just does it too yeah. on purpose ah oh. oh, so good yeah i think like one of the things that really fascinates me here is like obviously like i referred to it earlier like the the gender aspect uh I feel like i say that every time <laughs> no matter what we talk about <laughs> you just but, love gender yeah it's true and like like the like ob- like obviously we see i think like f- the f- in terms of like the female perspective rebecca is like the most interesting uh to me like the hardships women face every day maybe specifically women in leadership positions or in business or whatever and like in the public eye in general with keely too like the two of them i feel like that's kind of something that they have in common that they bond ov- uh, over and i think it's portrayed in such a empathetic way and makes it really that makes it really relatable exactly and the friendship between rebecca and keely is so heartfelt and is is fundamentally 
um, based in something that is beyond just shared experiences, but is a shared history of understanding what it's like to be in their each other's shoes. Like both yeah. of them understand the struggles that they go through, and that connects them in a way that you know few other things can. Honestly, and all the so, li- like all those little moments because it's not like one thing like they have this one conversation and then they're friends it's just like they help each other in small significant ways whether it's like um in the bathroom or uh, in the office or at the red carpet and then it's you can just see this relationship building over time and i think it's just great and the way it's played up and then destroyed when the reveal happens after roy steals the sd card or whatever Ugh. yeah but also like of course like this is also at least sports like related this this show and like just the different type like types of masculinity that are negotiated in the show or like depicted and it's really interesting because like football in particular and maybe like sports in general have this uh yeah very very um toxic way still like in in a lot of ways i think and like that's why i think yeah it's really interesting to 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 see that in different characters in different ways and obviously like a huge 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 um like they're like it's not really a spectrum but like you have definitely like the juxtaposition of roy and jamie where like roy is trying to be like emotionally mature and jamie is just so full of himself in this way that he is kind of he does everything within this system that he knows to please other people and that i feel like jamie is such an interesting character to me because like he on the face of it is just like a like a narcissistic asshole but as soon as you realize why he is the way he is he it's like 180 oh 100% it's so good such a good character reveal near the end man and yeah at the very end when you actually see his father yeah like what he does is just like fuck it's impressive it's it's crazy it's yeah yeah i think it's really interesting because a team is clearly an ensemble of characters and individuals that work together right and it's it's kind of meta on that level because uh, any sports team operates in that same way where you have to balance different sorts of um, personalities and individuals and so much so that there is a narrative in sports where a person has to act a certain way to be successful one either has to have be you know his um i guess if it's uh, yeah yeah one other has to be like blessed with some amazing talent or just a hard ass really strong work and you motivate by yelling and screaming and pushing each other and pushing pushing each other to be better but within this show you just see so many different as you said variations of that and a depiction of how one actually succeeds is can be depicted or can be done in so many different ways and how one can reconcile with their own sense of self can be so uh, varied and i think that um one of the best examples of that is actually sam and his character, the way his demeanor is, the way he acts in response to struggles as well. Um, he grows so much through the show, obviously. And just the way that he 
embodies or turns into becoming self-secure and uh, confident in, in himself is not through the things that Roy is trying to do at the beginning or Jamie thinks that he is or whatever, but is something more fundamental to every individual who's trying to go through very similar struggles of finding oneself and one's self-assurance within or in the face of insecurity. I think Sam is one of these characters that's just perfectly like tactically deployed. Like every scene in that he is in is amazing and on point. And but he's and he's not overused. And I don't know, like something that struck me this time that I almost like I didn't even perceive when I watched it the first time was like at the very end something we like I feel like I haven't really seen anywhere else just like he he is like just casually seen praying like as a Muslim before the deciding match and I feel like since you know in the last let's say 20 years that hasn't really happened that has always like the gaze on that has always been really really different i feel like the way they did it in this show was really interesting or like the way they like talk about him being from nigeria is like sometimes for me that was like a little bit on i was on the fence about certain things but i think all in all it's like really interesting a great character yeah and it's also very like age is also such an interesting like dimension of this show you obviously again you have you have like jamie and roy as kind of a huge i'm i'm lacking the same word <laughs> damn it uh that i was lacking earlier uh yeah yeah you have like the same discrepancy between like jamie and roy um from a like a football player's perspective but also like keely like one of the uh one of the lines that she said that like that really struck me was like when i was 19 i was dating a football player who's 23 and now i'm 30 and i'm still dating a football player that's 23 and that's just like woof that's like so self-aware uh, but also obviously hints at this huge frustration and just the way in which also like i feel like roy and rebecca both go through this process where they have to grapple with being older or like getting older yeah as part of their journeys for sure exactly as part of the journey journeys uh as opposed to jamie who is just who thinks he is like the shit just because he's like very talented and very young so yeah that, that was also just that something that totally like i totally didn't see in the first viewing no just so good um everything you say that's my only my my only response <laughs> yeah i love like all the easter eggs as well uh maybe one of my favorite easter eggs is uh the robbie williams one um at the gala obviously they talk about him a lot uh and then in the end it's like his song playing i don't know if you caught that no i don't know who robbie williams is yeah (laughs) of course you don't because you're from the u.s Uh, yeah, so for everyone who is not aware, Robbie Williams is a British pop star who was part of the boy band Take That. And uh, when they kind of split up, he did. His, he was the one who had the huge solo career. So he's the British Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Just like a little older. 
and definitely not like he has more of a bad boy image oh he does oh yeah oh yeah he's been like like he's had trouble with like violence and alcohol and drugs in general and all of these things um yeah so so it was pretty funny that they like kept mentioning him and then like when they kind of cut to the credits or i think it's like in the last scene and then they cut to credits and like his the song kids that he did with kylie minogue in like the mid 2000s is playing and that was kind of one of my favorites also like the soundtrack in general by marcus mumford was like yeah it was cool i don't know like the songs that he chose were really interesting and yeah i don't know it was like really funny that like okay this this like the style of the uh opening track of like the like the i don't know what you call it like that little thing like the 15 seconds the intro i guess like it's like this has such a familiar sound where do i where do i know it from then oh okay it's like mumford and sons i guess so um and i love as well like the uh you know we we talked about earlier like uh jamie obviously has a huge like a huge like the perception changes and like the only bad person kind of is rupert who's just an asshole uh and but everybody else you really have empathy for and i think that's just such a strength of this show Ah, i love it (laughs) also obviously like the way this whole season ends like that jamie does the extra pass yeah it's just like ah from like that's a nice like narrative arc exactly and then the letter that follows just so heartfelt i love that little touch i i wonder i wonder if we'll see him i'm sure we will yeah (laughs) i think so too um Okay, shall we maybe get into our rankings? Go ahead. <laughs> Do you? I is yours settled? It will be. Ah, I think we should take turns again. Yeah, sure. Okay, so our top four characters in true weekly hook serial hooked fashion. Um, I kind of wanted to exclude Ted from this. No, uh, just to make it easier, but you uh, wouldn't have it. And I guess my number four is Ted. Wow. How could you exclude someone if you're going to put them forth? Shame on you. Not shame on you for putting Ted forth. Shame on you for trying to sneak your way out of not including Ted at all. <laughs> I was close, obviously, because he's only my number four. Um, I mean, he like Jason Sudeikis is so charming. Like Ted as a character, great. Um like I know I would be really annoyed by this person if I knew somebody like that. Don't take this person, Rashad, because you said you you thought it was basically you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oh, I feel like this this show is over now. Um, <laughs> but you know, like just like this res- relentless positivity and it's like the the belief. I feel like that's something that I could use some more of in my life. But uh, yeah, I feel I feel like. There are so like he's great, but he's kind of more like the conduit also through which we see other people. And like, but I, what I really like about him is that he sees the potential in others, that he empowers others, and that he never really talks down. He is just like, like a great motivator, but also in terms of like 
being a coach i've never liked this dynamic where like the um like uh, assistant is the one who is like the tactical genius and the uh the actual head coach is just the motivator um that's not something that i personally like so i guess that's what dings it <laughs> no i don't know why but i just thought i just thought about it and uh, like the other three were pretty much set so there's there's place for ted on this list but it's only my number four what's your number four rebecca nice. uh, i think rebecca has a great character arc she deals with so many things and it's just such a strong character as well. Um, she's obviously starts off with as, as the villain, and then you you peel back the layers of her character, and then she becomes the hero you want to root for. And she comes 180 degrees. Her confession scene with Ted is beautiful and amazing. Oh, so um, so I, I just think she's a great character, and uh, I just yeah, it, it's amazing and an amazing performance. Clearly, uh, yeah, by her, absolutely. Uh, okay, my number three is Nate. Maybe a little unfairly because, I, as we just talked about, he is the one that I really, uh, you know, see myself as. But I think just his arc as well, like he is kind of, kind of this nobody that just gets treated like shit by everyone, and then Nate discovers, uh, sorry, uh, Ted discovers his potential. And he just blooms and has all these like great ideas in terms of tactic, in terms of motivation, in terms of everything and anything, really. And such a caring person. But also like he's also just fucking hilarious. Like Nick Mohammed is just hilarious uh, as Nate, and it's so good. Just like the his like the comedy with him is just always made me laugh. Yeah, I mean Nate's amazing. Uh for sure. My number three is uh Roy. Mm, nice. Um, I think he's just the layers that again, another character with different layers, and his relationship with his niece is hilarious. I love the development of his relationship with Keely as well. Um, I think they have <laughs> a great dynamic for sure, and then as well as his back and forth with Jamie. Um, <clears throat> I think it's his him struggling to deal with the way he's been acting in the Premier League for the past however many years, and now having to kind of grow up and mature as life hits him, and then as he as he rounds out the, the end of his career, just a just a great arc for a character. Um, I like characters that have change and development over time, and Roy definitely has that, and it's. It's it's great. It's just a, such a well written character and one that you is also just hilarious in the way that he acts and um, he also sets up the jokes as well sometimes and it's just funny for sure. Yeah, it's fu it's so funny. Like when uh, I was preparing for today, I watched a few uh, interviews with people and like I forgot to note down the uh, name of the <laughs> of the actor but he is a stand-up comedian and he was uh, initially just hired as a part of the writing team and he's actually credited as having written at least one of the episodes and then they also cast him as as roy and i think that's just yeah he is so good um yeah my number two is keely because i think uh, a lot of people would just like, you know, 
think that she is like i don't know like kind of a trophy wife or like i don't know like look down on her in some way like also the like the whole thing of but like she's famous for almost being famous and all of these things but like just her emotional intelligence and uh humor just they knock it out of the park like her relationships with everyone she is not like afraid of like just going to someone and just maybe may uh, you know there's something about her that just goes through people's defenses like obviously roy is is a good example of that and uh yeah i i just really admired her as like the, her personality and that's also something that i paid more attention to watching it the second time and it's so underrated and that's why she's my number two yeah i mean keely is amazing as well uh i like her i particularly like her relationship with ted that how it goes in and out and um she is very she's sort of like in so many ways the brings out the emotions of every other character that she's with on, on the screen with and makes every scene that she's a part of deeper and more interesting so she she shines every time she's on the screen so yeah i mean you can say that about almost every character uh in the entire show obviously but she in particular does that so well yeah as you said to me before the show it's so difficult picking a top four of these characters <laughs> and i ha i actually i actually have a question for you so lion or panda um am i a male lion or a female lion that makes a huge difference I guess your dealer's choice. <laughs> oh, that's boring. Um, sure, I guess. I, I guess since like, I guess male. I'd probably pick a male lion. Mm. In that case, because all of your food is basically delivered to you, <laughs> you have no predators essentially. Yeah, you wouldn't be happy though having all your food being delivered to you. I mean, you're an animal. I'd rather eat meat. Than food. <laughs> Yeah, I know. so that's a whole other thing. Obviously. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd probably pick lion. Um, I guess I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is Nate the Great. Yeah. He's really funny. He's just like the funniest character, honestly. He. Yeah. I think per like second, like I mean, I guess jokes per character per moment on screen, he's by far the best. I think um he is just his 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 also his development as a character and how he grows and becomes just so confident in himself over the year over the not even the years the episodes is from like from not acknowledging the of his own existence to doing a strut down a hall with ted and beard <laughs> to like you know making pseudo sexist jokes and then immediately apologizing like for it um in the in the locker room it's just it's just so fun like his character his like the confidence that you see in him and the way he grows and becomes a better version of himself and also like that is mirrored in his own career like growth as well he becomes a coach and he just like wins over everyone with his genuine nature and how amazing he is as a person so 
he is just such a great character. Uh, so I really like, I mean, it's, it's, Nate is a character who, because of his interactions with Ted and with every with this whole with Ted specifically, honestly, is is the better is better off because of it because he needed some positivity and belief in his own life and um, yeah so it's uh, Nate the great is the greatest nice so. cool yeah so my number one is uh, Coach Beard and uh i don't know it's just uh, <laughs> maybe it's something about you know a a person who doesn't speak that much it's just immediately more interesting to me um also i don't know i guess i also see myself sometimes like i i feel like we share some characteristics he's like uh, the perfect partner for ted um he's like he obviously he knows a lot about the uh you know the strategy and all of these things but it's just like he just knows ted as a person and he's super like he has his own opinion but he's also really loyal but in the end i feel like the and like obviously he's like fucking hilarious um i i, I don't know there's never so, like his dialogue although quite rare <laughs> has uh is always on point too and it's always like oh, so good and like at the end like in the uh i forget the penultimate or the ultimate like the last episode uh when he is like actually loses his shit with ted and it's just like he's been so so patient with him and then he's like no like winning is important we're we're professional professional sports coaches and those are professional athletes and it's it is important and it mean it like whether we win or lose has an outcome on us on them and on everybody who is like works for the club or is a supporter of this club and i think that is is one of these traits of somebody who is just i don't know i guess a good friend but who if it's necessary doesn't shy away from speaking harsh truths that's something that i aspire to <laughs> so uh, and just like I don't know, I feel like he he's so good. Like the 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 way in which Brenton Hunt plays him is also so funny. Like he really incorporates him, and or like he really em embodies him, and it's just fucking hilarious. Yeah, I love Beard. I mean, he whenever he speaks, it's important and it's well done. So that's like a sign of a good character, especially in, in juxtaposed with ted obviously who speaks all the time um he is yeah he's great everything he says and does is just like especially with regards to his relationship with ted is so i mean he flew over he's the only guy who flew over from america to go with him right and it goes to show the bond that they have and he is just a obviously i like him a lot honestly uh, beard is I guess you could say that again about every single character. So I agree. I'm just like now thinking to myself, all I want to do is watch this show over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> ah, damn it. I would just want to watch Ted Lasso. Fucking A. <laughs> Whatever. So what's your number one character? Uh, my number one is no surprise. Ted Lasso. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he is, you know, the voice of 
just everything great to the world. <laughs> he's just so he's obviously he's just the funniest. He's like he I want him to be my dad. I want him to be my best friend. I want him to be my coach. I just I just love everything about him. And then also he struggles so much through this season. It's not it's not like you know, there is this idea that those who are optimistic are naive and are blind to the struggles of the world. But when you are able to be optimistic and positive in the face of struggles and in the face of uh, going through the lowest of lows, it's, you know, it's a testament to a human character and how we can kind of evolve. And it has a representation of that and the way that we always bounce back as a society moving forward. And his optimistic, his optimism is, you know, something that I take to heart personally and how I act. And I think that it's something that he's when he's coaching and talking about belief to his team, he's also talking to everyone else watching and his message is something that is not connected only to um, sports, but it also it's a, to, to life in general. And it's part of what my mind makes sports great in that it can connect and can bring belief and hope to uh, many people and it's fun so i just love ted lasso and i think he's i think he in my mind is one of the best characters in the last like five ten years i can think of as a character um it's because of his and he is there's a reason he's a phenomenon him himself is a phenomenon he makes this show go without ted lasso there is no show and you can obviously you can say that by any character but he is so much this like the centrific what am I trying to say? He is so much the sun around which every single character orbits that it's impossible for me to take him down from the first to the top spot. Um, so that, in addition to a greatly well-written tech character that does have depth and goes through struggles and kind of rises out the stronger because of it, and also just his phenomenal nature, is just why Ted Lasso is the greatest and he's the best. So. I love him so much and I want to be half the man that Ted Lasso is. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, I think also like part of, part of the uh, performance is also just like the physical comedy of it. Like of all, like of all the, like Nate too, but just like Ted in particular. And I think it's just such an interesting meta point like when he is talking about Carl, the Carlton dance and he does it. And it's just like, he's talking about, uh, you know, the greatest uh, physical actor uh, and he just imitates them so well. And it's just such a, it's such a poignant uh, scene. So what were your, what were your uh, honorable mentions? I guess you don't have any in true Richard fashion. Nope. None. Of course, of course not. I mean, every character in the show. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, Rebecca was up there for me, but, uh, like, surprisingly, somebody, I mean, he wouldn't have made my num like, my top four, but somebody that I just realized in how many scenes he is is Isaac. Like, he's always in the background doing something. It's, all like, a lot of the time it's something funny, but also, like, he he is always there, and I feel like, you know it was really like i think it's really interesting that he was like the like uh the second second in command kind of like the uh the captain in roy's absence and i really uh yeah i wonder i wonder what role he will play in the upcoming seasons i hope he's still there i Who mean knows? conceivably he'll be captain so yeah if roy is actually we'll talk about this later but like uh you know 
depending on what Roy is doing. Okay, so we're uh, uh, on to our next top four, the top four moments. And I have to, uh, like, going into this, I want to ask you, can I cheat? Nope. Oh. <sighs> okay, fine. Fine. I'll give you a second to rearrange stuff so you don't... No, I don't have to rearrange something. I just... Uh, I just have to delete... I mean, I guess I do have to rearrange something. Um, yeah, okay. So what's your number four? Um, my number four is the... Um, it's the, s the scene in the club in Manchester. Mm -hmm. um, the culmination of Rebecca's catharsis uh, and the trigger of her change as a character and her just belting out that song is, and just blowing everyone away is just so memorable. And then juxtaposed with Ted's panic attack is just a great, um, a great scene, obviously. The way it's lit, the way it's shown, like the way it's just constructed as well and the 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 chaotic nature of the club as ted walks away walk tries to walk out as he's going through the panic attack is amazing and how rebecca comes to his aid it's just such a good scene i love it so much yeah i agree yeah my number four is the darts scene nice oh my god barbecue sauce <laughs> barbecue sauce bam and i think Obviously, like narratively speaking, it's really interesting, you know, like just the sheer fact of what happens there. But obviously, like Ted's monologue, so good. And it's just, I think that's, that it goes back to something that you just said, like people underestimate, you know, upbeat people, optimistic people, and kind of, you know, he is so self aware of all of this and just, you know the just the way that he was able to analyze his situation um but also of course like the what what it means for the uh, the next few episodes what that means for rebecca what he's doing there but also what we learn about him you know just like casually saying you know that he was 16 when his father died and that they like obviously were close before like that's just just do, to like doing this in like such a scene it's just really good writing and i think that's kind of emblematic of the writing for the show in general that a lot of the scenes don't like do multiple things at once it's so good that's an amazing scene i love it so much i'm kind of jealous that i didn't think about it um in my top moments honestly uh but uh such a good scene my number three is the ned locker room scene where he's criticizing everyone ah uh, yeah yeah we've mentioned it before but it's just such a funny sequence um and the reactions by everyone is just indicative of all of their characters as well and it's just such a great sequence and then as like even in the build-up to it as ned is as ted is telling Ned he has to do it sorry ted is telling nate that he has to do it he's just like uh uh, no, and it's just like it's so good i love it so much and it just is indicative of ted's belief in the people and empowering them to do it put them in the best position that they can be in and you know nate delivered and it's amazing so i'm happy to that was a great sequence and so funny yeah, so good okay my number three is uh your number four rebecca's performance at the karaoke bar her character like like her 
like character change in that sequence and Ted's panic attack that you know and obviously like Rebecca consults him and he subsequently signs the divorce papers and all of this is just in this one scene and it's just in the first second you think okay this is just like a pop culture reference with uh, Frozen but that just like just because it is such a repetitive song it just really gets through to Ted and he's just like oh shit and but also Rebecca obviously like she sees what happens she knows exactly like how it feels like and she is the one consoling him and it's just I feel like without that scene uh Rebecca would have never fessed up to like what she did uh with her plan well I mean and Ted wouldn't have the same context as well or the same empathy for her and just trust her as a good person so beyond her actions she's still a good person and that's part of that scene as well um and just like even before the frozen reference like the scene itself is just like you think of it just to be like a post win party scene that is just going to be all fun and game people are going to be like spraying champagne everywhere and stuff and oh, so good yeah so my number two is the the scene when his wife is le- leaves him or they leave mm, they, mm-hmm. get, they decide to get divorced um so heartfelt i'm just like immediately from the first sequence you know that there's some issues going on between them um and in that episode you know it's how bad it is and at the end of the episode it's just like oh my god no 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 yes no like yes this has to happen but no don't make it happen and just the way it's written and you know him believing in like quitting and like and this notion of never quitting and trying to struggle through things and that's not the always the best way to do it and obviously that's the trigger moment for him as a character as well so every single one of these like things that i've had on these lists so far is just like the inflection points of these different characters that and how they grow and the moments that they actually have to face something and um this is you know one of the hardest things especially for ted who you know as a character still is you know still doesn't want to leave his wife but realizes it's the best thing for her and it's and for them and and just ah so good such a good uh sequence and i just you know when i think about the show that's one of the first sequences that i think of yeah and it's just like testament to you know if you truly love someone you gotta let them go sometimes and that is that is that scene um and of course without this and it's like so incredible that in the first episode, like that's the lot, like his like marital struggles or like his marital problems are like another layer added on top of it. Like, like on top of all of these things that we see him, like that are set up in the very first episode, like that, that's also there. He's struggling with like family. They didn't need to include that like technically, but of course then like you don't have the whole thing with Rebecca. It's, it's it's not like he wasn't already struggling enough but to put that on there is just it's just like a genius move in terms of narrative but also so relatable i feel like so yeah good good on you for choosing that um yeah my number two is uh kind of the the mirror image of my number three and it's rebecca's breakdown at the auction because due to rupert and her loneliness 
and uh you know her uttering that and making herself so vulnerable uh and you know obviously ted is consoling her and like again without this you wouldn't have the karaoke thing you wouldn't have anything this is like this is where ted is able to penetrate her defenses and that's just such a powerful scene because you, you like it gets like hinted at that like okay the press is calling you this and like you've been going through all of these things but without this scene you don't like this is the first time where you can see like okay she is struggling so hard and it's just i don't know it's so powerful it's very interesting that everything we've talked about none of them are really that funny like some of them are funny but they're all like indicative of larger character things and that's what makes it so so fucking good is that it is not just a it's so easy to watch and it's so hilarious but that's not what makes it so so good in my mind so it's great yeah it is you know what else is great you're number one ha good good (laughs) transition there i like it and i think my number one off actually is something that i i'm not a hundred percent sure if it's actually the same scene or not so correct me if i'm wrong please Mm. uh it's the final post game speech so after they lose to man city um and he's consoling everyone and tells them like you know this is this like acknowledge the sadness that you are um that you have inside of you essentially and uh um and be sad together and take solace in the fact that you're feeling this these things with other people um and as and the thing that i'm not sure if it's that's part of the scene as he walks into his office he like smacks the believe sign in my head that's the same scene mm. um but maybe i'm just like i haven't seen the show in a while so yeah i watched it four days ago and i can't remember now i'm now i'm not sure <laughs> yeah 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 but i guess you just have to watch it again to find i out. will i will watch it again but that sequence i remember just like you know how do you obviously you know something like that's coming it's kind of a climactic moment to the season um but in dealing with sorrow and just kind of especially with regards to something that is such an emotional roller coaster like that or like life in general can be um to kind of speak to that and processing that is just a nice message to end the season on and move forward so i just really like that and it's just means a lot to me i guess if i were to give a speech to somebody it would be very similar maybe (laughs) i think such strong messages you know the uh the inside out message of sadness is okay like it's okay to be sad yeah but also of course the community aspect of it is like be grateful for getting to share this moment with um, other amazing people around you and be in this together. I think it's so strong. And it's kind of, again, kind of the mirror image of my number one, which is the um, exorcism as part of a team building exercise, just because we get like, of course we have the whole like twist that uh, Ted knew from, (laughs) from the beginning that Danny is fine, but just we we learn so we get such interesting glimpses into the personalities of all of these players and like the heartfelt things and again we have this vulnerability of all these of all these men that had to like that i assume have been told they can never let anyone get to them and have to be like uh hard and strong and all of these things and they all share something uh that means to them in this group and not least of all, because Rebecca joins them and Jamie shows up. Like, 
obviously this is the first time we see Jamie in a really, really vulnerable spot. And I I I don't know, that's this this scene to, or this sequence just speaks to me so much. I love it so that's like was definitely a contention for me as one of the best uh, and it's just like all of these honestly like the rankings aren't that important to me here it's just like they're all so good yeah i love it like on my my short list it was like like the night thing you have the michelle thing you have rebecca's confession you have coach beard's round at ted like all of these things uh they're all all great and there are so many more amazing moments and yeah this show man this show so speaking of it like what do you think is coming in season two do you have any idea like do you have you thought about it at all um not really honestly obviously they're in the championship um i assume that they will get promoted just to create Mm. some tension for the last season um i don't know if it's really interesting if they don't get promoted honestly um i think roy will be out uh he will not be playing maybe he'll be there at a coach ish facility consultant or he'll just be on the side just chilling around and look expand a little bit i wonder what new players they're going to obviously get a couple new players which will be interesting um maybe they'll get in another superstar ish kind of talent uh which will make it really funny i wonder to what extent jamie tart will play into the 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 mix i honestly like um i think they'll lose a couple players as well they'll like have to transfer or something like that. Something of the business side of the, of the sport will come and rear its head. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I think that the broader points is that whatever struggles that come through, I think that they will get promoted at the end of the season back to the Premier League. But that's just a couple things that I've thought about, but not really much, honestly. Yeah, yeah it would be really interesting, you know, going back to something that I alluded to in the beginning, that it would be interesting if they didn't get promoted and then the third season is about actually getting promoted but yeah i agree like it would probably turn a lot of people off and um yeah i wonder like again i was really thinking about like what's isaac gonna do will jamie be there like just in terms of like he's playing for man city why would he go to somebody who's playing in the championship if he's that great but of course that's something that's set up throughout this first season culminating in the note um roy i wonder maybe he will like he will not i mean i guess i think i would be a little disappointed if he was still playing i don't think that would make sense but yeah in what role maybe as a coach i feel like that would make sense but again like having him coach beard and nate there would maybe be a little bit much and honestly i don't i have no idea what's gonna happen with like keely and rebecca and I'm really interested. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> and, like, what their thing is going to be, what maybe private struggles everybody's going through, including Ted. And, like, I don't know. But I'm also not really thinking about it too much. I'm just really, really looking forward to Friday. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you uh, you are right there with us on the uh, on the Ted Lasso train. And I'm sure we will talk about season two at some point. Well, you just have to wait and find out. (laughs) If you like what you heard, 
the best thing you can do to support our podcast and get other people to listen to it as well is by submitting a review on either iTunes or Spotify. And visit our website, seriallyhooked.com. You can find many infos on this show, how you can contact us, uh, whether you want to submit either all questions or future topics, or if you want to, for if you want us to rank any top fours, let us know. Bam, nailed it in one. <laughs>